Hello, welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerbach. And I'm Nedra Hale, and we are home birth midwives serving the Denver metro area. Well, welcome to our new week. Oh my gosh. Yes, here we I know. are. The year is going by really quickly. I know. We are really close to the end, really yeah. close to the end of the year. It's crazy. Once again, I have not done my Christmas shopping ahead of time and so I am what are we like four and a half weeks out or something five weeks out it's what not is it? five shoot <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's five yeah I haven't either I really should get on that yeah so. yikes um the other thing you haven't done which oh, no. I <laughs> hesitate to you know make add something to your list but it's midwifery license renewal time Yes, yes. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. This, this afternoon. Yeah. Because I saw that you did yours and yep. and I thought, oh, I forgot to do that again. Yeah. Another thing. I don't know why all this stuff has to be in November. Yeah. Why do we have to do anything in November? I mean, it should just be illegal. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it, our, when we renew our license, it's not just a matter of, you know, Mm-hmm. renewing our license we have to enter our statistics for the year yeah. and dig up luckily I data. have all that together but it Good. is you know so I think I can just hop online and do it and so yeah. maybe I'll do it tonight if if I have enough brain cells yeah I might get home <laughs> mine went pretty fast this year because I had a very straightforward 2019 mm-hmm. whatever year this is yeah, what is this year <laughs> 2019 was straightforward until October which is the cutoff for the new license mm-hmm. period so um, then I had a couple complications, but but the whole year of the current license period is it was all smooth, free and, and clear. Yes, yeah. So it, it went really fast. Well, today's podcast is going to focus on um, talking to students about how to live life on call or tips for living life on right. call. Um, I mean, as much as we can talk about that to prepare anybody. Yeah, it's so interesting to think about how to tell somebody how to do that because. Uh, we have been doing that for a decade, a really well, longer You've been than longer. That. Oh, that's true. That's just, just since the, licensure, all the student life too, I which mean, is so almost harder. I've been on call at least for 16 years. I'm sure, you know, with oh the gosh. exception of vacations and yeah, you know, I've been on call for 13 off. years, I guess. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, can that you blows imagine my mind. that it's like all the time, that many years of our right. lives that we are on call? Right. And the first mm-hmm. seven or eight years, I didn't plan vacations. I always took vacations where I had a natural yes. gap because it was just too expensive to yes. block out time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these past couple of years are the first time I've really actually said, okay, I'm not on call for this certain period yeah. of time. Yeah, I didn't start doing that until we started taking our annual trips to Oregon at the same time every year. Mm -hmm. And so we knew it was going to be this couple of weeks in October every year. And it's really hard because every year Mm -hmm. I would have a repeat client come that I had Mm -hmm. to turn away and everybody was sad and I was sad. And it's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard to do that. So I kind of even like the like squeezing it in, but sometimes you can't, sometimes it never happens. Yeah. And it has to, I mean, you're, you homeschool your kids exclusively, Mm -hmm. but I have a kid in school, even though this year he's doing online school, there's still certain dates that he has to to work around breaks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes it really hard. I've mostly had a kid in school for the time that I've been practicing. 
Yeah. So, I mean, when I was an apprentice, we homeschooled and that was much easier, but we didn't have any money to take vacation. So it didn't even matter back then. Right. (laughs) There was that too. Yeah. (laughs) So do you think it was harder to be, to live life on call as a student or as a midwife? Because I think it's a little different. The schedule. Mm. Do you think the schedule is more brutal as a midwife or as a student? I think, well, when I was a student with my first preceptor, we had a rotation of students. Mm-hmm. And so that wasn't too bad. So we you just had days kind of, you were on and yeah. days you were off. Uh-huh. Uh, my second time around with apprenticeship, um, because if you recall, I I kind of got burned out and mm-hmm. was like, what? This is a horrible job. I'm not doing this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, you know, stepped back and came back to it with a fresh view, you know, understanding the more the, realistic the lumps and bumps of midwifery yeah. instead mm-hmm. of just the starry-eyed part mm-hmm. so you know and then it's been fine but um so the second time around I was in a very busy practice and um I would say that the thing that carried me through was enthusiasm and mm-hmm. determination to get mm-hmm. through school mm-hmm. right so I think I I don't really recall it feeling particularly hard other than I mean of course it is there was you know we were missing sleep and but and it, you did so many births and we did so many births but um but I was trying to get to a goal mm-hmm. so that just kind of felt like, like you were moving it. forward plus I was in my 20s right that helped <laughs> I was not in my 20s I was in my 30s as a as a student so yes. um I you know I really think it's kind of a it's a it's six of one half dozen of the other because on one mm-hmm. hand when I was a student um, I was in a slower practice than I am now mm-hmm. so it was not as busy but you had right. absolutely no say over your schedule that does make it really hard yeah as a student you just you don't have any say yeah and now I have certain clinic days and mm-hmm. I try hard to cluster people it doesn't really always work that way right but but at least I keep them on their clinic days. Whereas when I was a student, it was sort of like, oh, by the way, we're going to see Susie at 10 o'clock. And then Annie's coming in um, at 7 p.m. that evening. Oh, no. <laughs> so it could be, you know, really all over the place. And Oh, no. And she didn't really hesitate to do evenings and weekends. And oh. I just don't do evenings and weekends. So it's hard. I will say that in my apprenticeship, we had we had pretty set days you know they were really long days because um, it was a big practice but uh, but we knew when it was and of course sometimes we had to reschedule to we had like a backup day that mm-hmm. we would reschedule people to but we wouldn't do mm-hmm. weekends and mm-hmm. crazy stuff like that we did but there were you know maybe maybe six clients in care at a time mm-hmm. like in care for six months so maybe yeah. one person a month a busy month would be two. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to think yeah, about it's it. Yeah, so totally different. Yeah, I don't feel like there was ever more than one or I two I think when it's month. busier, it forces you to have some kind of a system. Yeah. You can't just be yeah. willy-nilly all totally. over the place. <laughs> well, I feel that's how it is now with us, mm-hmm. that we have to have a little bit of structure to keep it manageable. Right, totally. So, mm-hmm. um, So what are some, like, what's kind of a piece of advice you would offer? to a student for learning to get used to this lifestyle? Um, Well, I think that you just have to have, this sounds really like a no-brainer, but 
you have to have full awareness that you could be called at any mm-hmm. moment, anywhere that you are, mm-hmm. if you have not made prior arrangements to not be on call. Mm-hmm. So that means, for example, if you are going to a family function or a movie or anything like that, you need two vehicles if you've mm-hmm. got your family with you. Right. Um, that is really weird and challenging for me right now because um i am no longer married so we don't we're not a Mm two-car family anymore Mm -hmm. but also my kids are older and they kind of do their own thing so it's uh you know i'm by myself a lot of the time when i go out Mm -hmm. also they're old enough i could call them a cab or something Mm -hmm. if you know so it's it's a different whole different situation than having little kids but when I was a student, I definitely had little kids and we needed two cars and two, and two adults, two adults, two mm-hmm. whole sets of car seats, two mm-hmm. everything. Yes. <laughs> right. Because you, well, at least the way I do it, mm-hmm. I don't know if you did it this way, but I've always had all my equipment in my car. Yes. And then oh, yeah. I can't. Take so you somebody... can't just take another car. No. Yeah. No. I mean, and when we say our equipment in the car, we're not talking about a bag. <laughs> No, we've got a birth stool. We've got a pump to empty the tub. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of oxygen tanks. Yeah. So the whole back is full of birth stuff. So Costco is a challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Side note: I recently got a Forerunner, and um, the seats go down, so I can. So if you go to Costco, I can go still go to Costco, but (laughs) (laughs) it's still a challenge. yeah, that's a really good tip. Having those like uh, mm-hmm. contingency plans all the time. Yeah, and it just it it becomes or it should become, just like an automatic thing that you always mm-hmm. know what the plan is if you get called. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about phones and communication. So yeah. here is something that does not exist on call: do not disturb. Right. Yes. Have you ever woken up? Maybe. I mean, you're so organized. You've, this has probably never happened to you, but <laughs> but I. I remember one time waking up and finding out that my phone had been on the do not disturb. And I didn't know, even know what that was. Cause I had never oh, put my phone you on like it. accidentally hit but the yeah, setting so I or accidentally something. hit it. And I'm like, what is this moon on here? What does it mean? You know? And, and I looked up like, <gasps> <laughs> I would have, I died. Yes. And it, you know, I would poop my pants. Yes. It would be bad. <laughs> Luckily everyone, if you are worried about this, um, nobody went into labor. We have, yeah, nobody went into labor, but we always have backup phone numbers and stuff That's too. True. That is true. <laughs> There's a backup plan. I um I've never done that, but I have gone to the movies the evening before and put my phone on vibrate. Oh. And then mm-hmm. forgot to take it off vibrate and then woke up in the morning to find that it was on vibrate. Now, all of that being said, I'm 99% sure it would actually wake me up yeah. if it was because I can hear people's phones vibrating from other rooms in the house. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I would still wake up. I think so too. But the whole like potential failure of technology is always something I'm worrying about. You know, back in the olden days, even when I started, it was kind of like at the end of the olden days where we still carried pagers and stuff. I loved having a pager as a backup thing because when you hike, your pager will still work. Yeah. Some, I hate to tell you this, some midwives around here still carry pagers. I would, I would be interested in that. But I can I never. I just no. do not need another piece of equipment with yeah. me. Yeah, I don't know. I've tried to find one a couple of times, and it just, you know, it's going the way of the dinosaur. So it is, <laughs> and it's another thing to. And it's another, another thing. service, totally, another totally. piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So you definitely have to think about your phone is on all the time. Yeah, and we do things to make that manageable. But as a student, you have to be 
reachable by your preceptor at any moment. Yeah. Any moment. And my students know that if I text, they don't have to answer right away. But that might not be true for all. So if I call, Mm -hmm. they have to answer right away. If I text, they can answer when it's convenient. Because I do try to give them a little work-life balance, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I call, you best be answering that phone. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's no I definitely had to answer everything. Like, I just, like, there's no way I wouldn't have answered a text immediately. Because then somebody would know my phone wasn't on me at that moment. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's just, it is just so important to be reachable at Mm -hmm. all times. Um, which means you have to have a reliable cell service. You can't have whatever cut rate, right. cheap. Yeah. I just don't even want to tell you guys what my cell phone bill is. It's not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of people in our house and we have a lot of devices and all of that, but you cannot do a discount situation. You can't do voice over IP. No. You need 100% reliable cell phone service and a 100% reliable phone. Yeah, Absolutely. And a 100% reliable car, for that matter. Because yeah. getting called is the first part. Getting to us is the second part. Yeah. So, um, you know, you have to think about how are you going to transport yourself and what does that look like? It's a really big deal. I mean, I think you remember the, the story of when I had my Tribeca and the battery died on it twice. And the second time I got up and it was dead, I bought a car the same day and that car was two years old but you know this is not a story of my fiscal irresponsibility this is (laughs) this is a story of how stressed out that made me that my that my car battery was dying and that I had replaced it twice and yes car people I know that there were easier solutions to this problem but um, but it does make you wonder what's like inherently wrong with this car yeah I went I was like this car is a dud and I went down and bought a new car because I just needed a car that worked the end yeah (laughs) and you still got another Subaru and I still got another Subaru different, different kind of Subaru yeah I it turns out that Tribeca's were bad. They went, that was like the last year that they oh, made was them, it? The, the model that I bought. Oh. So, um, you know, Subarus, of course, are great mm-hmm. because they're all wheel drive. We live in Colorado. Yeah. We have to think about traveling in inclement weather. Yeah. Bad roads, snow, ice, mm-hmm. all of the things. It doesn't actually matter. You have to get to the berth. Yes. Yes. I mean, you have to get you to the berth. To. There is no mm-hmm. way around that. So, in um, our student handbook, it says that you have to have a car with. Yeah. Preferably with four-wheel drive. Well, I mean, I just don't even know how you would do it without it. I don't either. I think it can really impact your ability to get where you need to be. I've heard that the... What at the front wheel drive? Oh, sorry. Oh my gosh, what was that? <laughs> my coffee cup hit the um, microphone. The front wheel drive little cars, I've heard that they do. Okay, but boy, I just... Oh, I don't. I've had lots of front-wheel drive cars. They're but terrible. Really? Not okay. nearly as good. I had um, we had a Beetle, a new Beetle, and it was front-wheel drive. And I mean, it was like ice skating on. It oh, was no. terrible. It was horrible. I mean, I would not. I mean, understanding that there are financial barriers sometimes yep. and all of this, but I just would not feel comfortable driving anything that wasn't mm-hmm. four-wheel or all-wheel. I love my Forerunner. It is not mm-hmm. all-wheel drive. It is four-wheel drive, so I have to stop and put it in four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. But, um, boy, it feels really solid, and I really appreciate it for those mountain births mm-hmm. in the winter. And new tires. New tires. So there, there is a lot of 
you know, modifications. There's a lot yeah. of things you have to consider that do cost money. And that's, yeah. I mean, we these do, are not books and classes no, and equipment. This is keeping, keeping your life, um, you know, mobile and safe mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it does cost money. Yep. 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 It's quite expensive actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know lots of midwives who buy good used cars and keep them up mm-hmm. and all of that. But I just think like you, uh, with that battery, you know, um, what if I missed a birth because my car wasn't functional? I mean, right. I just, I, that I is just one of those things I mean, that I would can, feel horrible you about. You can fully understand what I felt yeah. when I woke up oh, in the morning and absolutely. my battery was dead. Like I was like, that's it. This is not <laughs> happening. <laughs> absolutely. That would definitely, yeah. I would, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. Um, how about, so we talked in an earlier podcast about uh, working as a doula for a little while mm-hmm. to get used to being on call. That would be, you know, obvious, an obvious recommendation. Try yeah. to um, get kind of in that swing of things, learn to make the contingency plans, mm-hmm. see what I it takes to be on call. And, um, oh, and, you know, I wanted to say, um, you know, you might not be as busy as a busy midwifery practice as a doula, but it would also give you some thought about how you're going to schedule breaks and how are you going to um, plan for that time off. Because you mentioned, you know, I blocked out two weeks, but two weeks of due dates is six weeks of, I mean, two weeks of vacation Mm -hmm. is six weeks of due dates. So it's a really big, really big. And that's even with a backup for that 37 to 38 week. Yeah. So some, yeah. So for some of it, you can have a backup, but there is obviously a place where it's not reasonable to have a backup. So it's, um, and no matter what, the person is going to go late, I know. late into I know. your thing. <laughs> like, like that and not only that, they always start off thinking, oh, I'm <clears throat> sure it will be fine. Yeah, somebody will talk you into still taking them. Yes. Because they always go early. And, and maybe will, they were your beloved repeat yeah, client. Yeah, and they'll give, you'll give in because you love them so much. <laughs> and then they will go late. And that is a guarantee. <laughs> it, it is. It is totally Murphy's Law. It always yes. works that way. So, yeah. So always thinking about how um, how are you going to schedule those breaks and, and what that looks like in reality and what kind of financial implication that has. Right. right. For us to take six weeks off is that turns yeah. your $3,000 vacation into a $10,000 vacation. Mm-hmm. It's super, true. super. So you have to really want to go wherever it is. Yeah. So there's a lot of lost income. Yeah. But um, so as you were talking about the uh, learning how to schedule your breaks and stuff, I had the thought that also not having breaks, I think, would be really great training. It's because a good point. we have so many periods where we do Don't not get a break. Get a break. Mm-hmm. And then if we get sick, we have to figure out what to do about that. Mm-hmm. And that's a good I mean, point. there's so many things. What to do when you're sick. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a huge, a huge concern. Mm-hmm. And so you can have backup, but backup costs money. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. So how sick are you? And are you contagious? And are you going to get the baby sick? And I mean, there's just all these things. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that midwives are human is sometimes an issue. <laughs> really inconvenient being human. Yes. <laughs> Humanity is inconvenient. So when I was a student, I pretty much went, unless I had the flu, which I did twice when I was a wow. student in the same year. Wow. Um, it was horrible. Uh, I, had I the, probably wouldn't go yeah. with a mm-hmm. stomach illness mm. yeah no it was a, it was flu flu you had flu flu no yeah. but, but also like not just oh, if you're well because if it's I ha- so contagious yeah. the- 
I was at a birth once. (laughs) I was the assistant. And while I was at the birth, we got there way too early. So we were totally Mm -hmm. hanging out forever. And I got a stomach bug during the birth. And I was like dying a thousand deaths. The student had to go out and get me a modium AD to just stop everything. Wow. (laughs) It was horrible. TMI. Sorry. (laughs) It was terrible. And I didn't leave and I should have left. And I don't know why I didn't leave. I was the assistant. Well, because I think I felt like I wanted to get paid because I'd already been there for eight hours. And I felt like I wouldn't get paid if I... It's like any other person going to work, like, and missing pay. It's really, yeah, it's, it's a hard, a hard, hard thing. call. And we were pretty, pretty poor at the time. So mm-hmm. I think that was probably yep. what my actual motivation was, because I wasn't super invested in being there, necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying on the bathroom floor. Yeah. So um, we've tried to put together a really good system for our practice and, you know, modeling for our students, too. Yes. But um, we try to make room for illness so that the student doesn't have to come when they're sick and all of this, but it is, um, that's a tough one for mm-hmm. me because part of it is, is life as mm-hmm. a midwife too. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I've been sick at births a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, I try to let the assistant take a little more responsibility. Yes. Definitely like the newborn exam mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, it definitely impacts here. And then, and then occasionally twice I've had to send a, the backup midwife to do the first postpartum visit because mm-hmm. more often than not you're on the way to getting sick but you don't really kind of know it and then you're up all night and then yeah. it's just totally and you're probably you there the during the contagious the most period. contagious part <laughs> yeah and this sounds like you know you may think that this sounds like a no-brainer that why would you go to a birth when you have a cold and i am just here to tell you that the clients get really upset yeah. if we are not there even if we're sick. Yeah. And sometimes we will tell them, I am very ill and I am not safe to be around your baby today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they are not happy about that. It's even true. though it's all about it's Keeping gonna cost them safe. it's gonna cost us money to yeah. have somebody else go and all of this, you know, so we're one hundred percent doing this to keep them safe, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. they it's, they do not understand or like it or anything. You know, it's, you know, so it's tough. So it a is cold really is not an excuse. Only no. flu. <laughs> flu, gastrointestinal, yes. meningitis. Yes, like horrible diseases. Perhaps like broken things. bones that resulted in surgery. <laughs> I went to a birth one time when I had had, um, this is not a broken bone, but I had um, sclerotherapy on my hands. Oh, uh-huh. And so my both of my hands were like compressed in these like horrible gloves. bandages and gloves and stuff. Oh my and gosh. So somebody had to do all the work, obviously, but I was still there. <laughs> People want to see you there. Yeah. So that's a, a little uh, plug for sustainable midwifery practice, yes. which is coming up in a future podcast yep. about having a partner and yeah. setting yourself up to be able to be human yes that's good because it's super inconvenient for everybody Mm -hmm. yes um what else about being a student what would you want to or the the on-call being a student on call let's say it that way it's really hard to to put into words what I'm trying to to um convey but it is like how do you teach somebody that this is it's such a calling and it is like a service that Mm -hmm. you you are devoting like Mm -hmm. your heart and soul to this service Mm -hmm. and sometimes it is really inconvenient and Mm -hmm. and you absolutely are going to be missing things that are important in your children's Mm -hmm. birthday parties and 
you'll have to leave your sick child in the middle of the night. And mm-hmm. I mean, there are parts of this job that are so hard. I mm-hmm. left my mom when she was dying to go to mm-hmm. a birth and, and, um, you know, there's just stuff that is super hard as a human. Mm-hmm. And, um, so how to get into that mindset where it is like you steal yourself against mm-hmm. these moments. And sometimes it's just not going, mm-hmm. for example, I, um, I have a, a good friend from, um, uh, that lives a couple hours away from me that mm-hmm. her husband recently passed away and I couldn't go to his funeral yeah. because it took me outside of my call range and it was just too risky and I had somebody too close to her due date. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So you it miss was just things that are important. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I don't even want to say anymore. I really wanted to go because it just always sounds like such a cop out and you feel like you're constantly letting people down. Yeah, you do. It's, it's yeah. a big emotional, it has a big emotional. And toll. that's a good, um, that's a good thing to bring up too, is that every single thing you get invited to, you're going to say, as long as I don't have a birth. It becomes the mantra. And, mm-hmm. and that makes it really hard to have non-midwife friends because they will get tired of it. Yeah. They will get tired of it. Because you're kind of, of not dependable. Yeah. We are dependable, but only to one thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because yes. we're dependable to our clients. Yes. <laughs> we then become flaky for everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to spend a few minutes talking about alcohol and drinking. Oh, Okay. So that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. So it is when you are on call, you have to be ready to get in the car and drive immediately. And Mm -hmm. that means you will never be able to have more than one drink. Yeah. Anytime you're out unless you're not on call. Um, I would also like to add, and this is just going to go off of experiences that I may or may not have encountered in my lifetime. You should not, you should, I mean, absolutely, if you're on call, you should not be smoking cigarettes when you're out. Yeah. <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> FYI. Um, because you have you to smell. think about what you're wearing, what you smell like. Yeah. You know, you might consider showering regularly because, oh, yes, you will get called to a birth if you have skipped your shower that day. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. I am. Um, you know, I grew up in a smoker's household. Like, a lot of smoking mm-hmm. happened in my household. Yeah. I probably smelled like cigarette smoke at school. Like, I just, I know I did. Yeah. But I don't remember because it's yeah. just your normal smell. It's just what you, and it's in your nose and you don't know. But I think that smokers don't know that they smell like smokers. Oh. And so, yeah. like, if somebody, if a smoker was in the elevator before me, oh, yeah. I know that there was Absolutely. a smoker in there. That happened to us on the way up here. I was like, yeah. oh. So... People mm. that don't smoke have very, very sensitive noses and to pregnant smoking. people. Oh my gosh, ten times, ten yes. times. Um, also, the things you're wearing when you go out. If you are going yes. out partying in the outfit that you are wearing, or in my case, we do that medieval recreation <laughs> thing. You know, the outfit that you're wearing might not work really well for a birth or be appropriate for your a birth. corset <laughs> and your. Yes. You need to bring curdle and your I don't know what everything's called all your you know exactly and you might still have to rush in and I have had to do that I have had to go in costume but which is like not that big of a deal but some people have pastimes where the clothing might not be appropriate for a birth you know so it's so just bear it in mind (laughs) right that's a good point Mm -hmm. um and back to substances of course Mm -hmm. um marijuana Mm -hmm. would be a deal breaker because it takes so long to clear your system 
these are all just you just cannot do stuff like this when you're living life on call yeah i mean it's just you just can't you can't if you're completely and totally off call Mm -hmm. for the you know whatever 48 hours or whatever it takes yeah i don't even know but it's probably not 48 hours i feel like that's long I have no idea. I know <laughs> <laughs> Whatever amount of time. THC has a very long half-life, so yeah, we I, live in Colorado for those who so are... So someone knows this information. That's I know. We're going to get corrected. We are really large dorks, so... Yes. yes. Because, because we live life on call yes. and we rarely get to do anything, yeah. like, fun. And I yeah. don't... I'm not implying that pot is fun. I'm just saying we, we don't, don't do things like that on a regular basis. Yeah. If so, we go out, we... Sometimes if we don't have anybody who's very close, mm-hmm. we might have a drink, mm-hmm. you know, very occasionally too, if we're basically off or if we're off call, mm-hmm. if we're totally off, off call. call, but n- really, yeah. and, and even when you're off call, oh, we should talk about that. Mm. Even when you're off call, you're not off call because people oh, have important. non-term emergencies. Yeah. So, so it's not like you can be unreachable. Right. Because stuff happens before 37 weeks all the time. So, right. yeah, you need to still be. I mean, people have phone. emergencies. They mm-hmm. have they get worried about not yeah. feeling the baby move. They have a bleed. Yeah. They're leaking fluid and they're not sure if it's their amniotic fluid. Right. Like all so of the these things. So the difference there is that you may or may not have to go anywhere, but you still have to be reachable. Yep. You know, so you might say oh, that sounds like you should go to the hospital, you know, yep. let me know what happens when you get there or whatever, but it's... Right, you still mm-hmm. have to be able to talk yes. to them and, mm-hmm. and you need Absolutely. to be reachable. Yeah. And, you know, there has been more than one time that special couple time has been interrupted. Oh. I'm sure that you don't want to hear about this right now. <laughs> but, I mean, literally every aspect of your life is impacted. Oh, yeah. I every mean, there's aspect of your life. I mean, just, just imagine being in the middle of anything and everything, you know, cooking dinner, giving your child a bath, couple time, um, anything, your hike, anything. you know, yep. you're, you're a mile and a half into your hike and yep. have to turn around, you know, it's like, yeah. And, and we run. research you have to every... run the whole r- way back. <laughs> yeah, because now you're a mile and a half yes. in. And you have to research, you know, mm-hmm. the trail and what is the cell phone service mm-hmm. like up there. And I mean, I mean, you know, I'm getting used to the trails here because uh, um, we just bought, this house in this new area and um and whenever I go on a new trail I what am I doing I'm like texting you and calling you when I'm on the trail so that I know what the signal's like right yeah (laughs) because it is just so important Mm -hmm. so I don't know I don't know if this has been scary or appropriately informative but it is I mean I think what we really want to convey is this lifestyle, even if you have a partner, even if you have occasional time off call, it is still all encompassing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I was going to say, too. See, I always think of things after. Um, you said it's, it. I can't remember the words you used, but it's a vocation. Mm-hmm. It's not a job. Right. It is. It's a calling. It's a calling, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, like a midwife is who you are. It's not right. that my job is a midwife. Right. You know, it's, it's your identity. Mm-hmm. It's how you walk in the world. Yeah. And so if you decide to become a midwife, you will be forever walking in the world on call. Yes. <laughs> At least and to some degree. And you do get used to it. Like, it is not a burden, really, to me to be on call. I mean, of course, sometimes... It is, but it's, but most of the time it's just normal. It's yeah. just what our life is. And most of the time our clients are really respectful mm-hmm. and they save their 
off yeah. hours calls for true emergencies and yeah um but but there is still just it is overwhelming and it is a big um you have to adapt it's a lot mm-hmm. it's a lot to get used yeah. to yeah so so that's kind of just our take on what it takes to live life on call yes <laughs> um, hopefully in the as we post this on the blog and social media people will chime in with um tips or tricks or yeah and like you talked about we're going to be doing some talking about sustainable midwifery and so we're going to come back around with some strategies on how to make this easier Mm -hmm. because I think both of us started out with um Mm -hmm. not a very great sustainable Mm -hmm. model which Mm -hmm. I would dare say most home birth midwives do that um as well and uh, so we'll circle back and say okay now how do we do it better so that we can yeah, we can keep doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. Th- so there's hope. Yes, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope and light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I felt like we were a little bit dark. Yes. Ominous. <laughs> but it's a hard job and it's really important to know what you're getting into. Yes, absolutely. Really All right. Well, speaking of social, you'll find us at Metro Midwifery all over the place and www.metromidwifery.com or modmidwives.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we look forward to chatting again next week. All right. Have a great week. Bye.